Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi, continuing our conversation with one community. I just got done with Tony Brinker, the founder and CEO of this organization. Up next, the president of one community, Nick Alano. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thank you very much. So how long have you been with this organization? Uh, now about going on four years. Four years? Yes. All right. So how did you come into the fold? Uh, I met Tony, actually, um, because of you and your radio station. Um, we had a meeting that I was invited to with one of your, I think it was one of your marketing folks, and, and I was invited to join. And um, I met Tony. I listened to her talk about, at that time, Operation Blue Shield. And um I'm a former police officer many moons ago from Canada, Toronto. I was a police officer up there. And um, I've been now in the United States almost 40 years, so I'm an American citizen. Um, But once a cop, always a cop. And um, this is not a popular time to be a police officer and put your life on the line uh, every hour that you're on the shift to look after people who may or may not appreciate you. And um, police officers uh, can't um, look after themselves in terms of what, how they're perceived and what the community thinks of them. So it's incumbent on those who can help to do so, whether that's um, through just walking up and shaking their hand and saying thank you for your service, whether it's handing um, of an officer who's doing traffic control, a bottle of cold water while you're driving by, which I do regularly. It's a small gesture. People notice it around me all the time when I do it, and I see people touched by the gesture. The biggest problem we have, I believe, as a country is that there's a silent majority who believes in the function that police officers perform, believe in law enforcement and the need for it, but are hesitant to go out there and show signs of appreciation. So the reason I became involved originally, uh, just as I think I was an ambassador, and then I sat on the board, and then... Were you uh, looking to get involved with an organization when you first heard about it? I've been uh, looking to um, support those people who protect us and our families my entire life. What I was looking for was an organization that could formalize that approach, where we could impact more people. Handing out a bottle of water to a cop on the beat is nice. Uh, influencing thousands of people is really nice. And that's, that's what I want to do. I devote a lot of time to this. I devote a lot of energy to it. Blood, sweat, and tears because I care. And I, I try to uh, mirror what I believe um, the good folks out there really want to show uh, in terms of support and in terms of the way they behave towards those who are sworn to protect us uh, in a formalized way. And we have a lot of programs that, that do that. And I, I really hate to use the word program because program strikes me as something that you talk about in marketing or in sales. 
And this is not marketing and sales. This is blood, sweat, and tears. This is people's lives. This makes a difference between somebody uh, getting a bullet in the head and not. This is the difference between somebody walking into a Walmart with a gun and not. And all of us have a responsibility to do what we can do. In my case, it was to accept Tony's offer to be president of this organization and do everything that I can do in my power uh, to help her with her mission and reach out. Today, for example, we had a chief of police who was on a local television station talking about the Shop Talk program, which is one that we are partnered with and that we highly endorse, and it has saved lives. If you talk to people in the African-American community in Irving, Texas, they will tell you that since the inception of this program three years ago, the relationship between the officer on the beat and the person on the street has improved a hundredfold. That wouldn't have happened unless Chief Spivey and John Plunkett, who's one of his gang, mem gang member detectives, um, hadn't jumped in to do it. We saw a program that worked, and we said, so how can we take this program that's saving lives in Irving, Texas, and uh, roll it out so it saves, saves lives everywhere? Unfortunately, not all police departments have the foresight, the time, the talent, um, and the perspective to take a program like Irving has and roll it out. But what they do have the time for is when somebody walks up to them with credibility um, and says, look, here's a program that's worked. Call Chief Spivey in Irving, Irving, Texas, and I have him tell you about it. Talk to the barbers in the African-American community and tell them how now it's fun to have a police officer come in to the barber shop and how they high-five and talk about things. And then when someone sees a police car or two parked in front of the barber shop, they don't run away. They run in because the kids want to talk to them and see them. That saves lives. That makes a difference. And that's the only reason I'm here. To be honest with you, I don't even like being on radio programs. The only reason I'm here today is because maybe out there as we're talking about these things, one or two or three people may hear this and say, you know what, he's right. And what Tony's doing is right. And uh, maybe we can, you know, get somebody else to flip the switch and do some things that matter. Why don't you normally like doing radio interviews? Um, I'm a 70-year-old man. I've been on the planet a long time. I've run a lot of businesses. I've done a lot of things in my career. I've always done it from the wings. I've never uh, been one to seek the spotlight, to talk to folks, whatever, unless it could help somebody else, unless it was a benefit, or I was talking at my daughter's graduation. Those kinds of things I'll do it for. Um, but um, I'm here because I have a deep belief in what uh, one community does. I'm here because I have a commitment to it. I'm here because I talk to... Uh, people in law enforcement every day, and I really hate that term. Uh, when you say law enforcement, you say police. It sounds like there's somebody with a stick standing over your head ready to slap you like a, a mother superior in a Catholic school. Um, I just actually looked up some stories today. We were talking about how quick the media is to, to highlight things that police officers do that are not positive. And I, just for fun, I Googled um, good stories about cops. And I came across about 150,000 of them. I came across a story where um, two police officers in Los Angeles were driving down the street. They got flagged down by a mother because her son was graduating that day from um, public school into high school, and she didn't know how to knot his tie. And the police officers knotted his tie and went to the graduation. Um, 
a story where a, a state trooper in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the wintertime is 10 degrees below zero. There's a homeless African-American gentleman sleeping on the street, 10 below zero weather. He wakes him up, takes him into a McDonald's, buys him dinner, then tries to take him to a shelter, but all the shelters are full, so he takes him to the sheriff's department and makes a bed for him in the lobby of the sheriff's department and makes sure the next day the guy has a place to go with fresh clothes and a good attitude. A uh, story about police officers. Do you want me to stop or do you want me to keep going? Because I'll go the rest of the program. Police officers pulling kittens out of out of tunnels, uh, helping people out of burning cars, and I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of ha of having uh, pro uh, media talk about the things that police officers do, one or two bad apples in a barrel of a hundred, and not talking about the 98 things that they do that are that are very very positive. You you brought it up. You said that you kind of like to operate from the wings, and that's just kind of how you've done it professionally. That's how you've done it personally. That's just how you like to operate. You were right. kind of on the wings of Operation Blue Shield. You are now president of one community. Yes. Was there a single incident that made you want to jump in so full force, or was it just presented to you and you decided that this meant enough to you that you decided to take on this responsibility? So every once in a while in your life, you come across a situation or a moment, and we've all we've all kind of been there and done that, where something just tugs at your heart. And I sat across the table from Tony, and you know I knew she believed in the mission, and she got all moist and dewy-eyed when she was talking about it, and she said, "I would be honored if you would come and be president for as long as you can," you know, blah blah blah. And I got all moist-eyed and dewy-eyed, and it tugged at my heart, and I really wanted to do it anyway, so I agreed to do it because. Um, I think in the grand, grand scheme of things, there are things we can all do. You can do, I can do, the guy out in the hall can do that are going to make it better for us and make it better for our grandkids. I don't want my granddaughter, who's three years old, to grow up behind a gated community uh, that has its own private security guards and not to go to certain parts of town, not go to the state fair, not go somewhere because she's afraid for her safety. I don't want that, you know, and, and it, by the way, if we all just sit back and say this is kind of the way it is, so I'll big, build a bigger fence and buy a bigger gun, it's going to stay that way. But if we reach out and stop and talk to I had this vision one time. You know when you're driving in traffic and people are cutting you off and you're flipping somebody off and somebody yells at you and you blow the horn? If God could just pull a big switch and stop the traffic on the highway and everybody had to get out of their car and introduce themselves, and talk about their family, how different it would be. Well, I want to pull that handle. I'm not God, but I want to pull the handle and get people talking to each other. Tony's got the program. She's got the care and the concern. Uh, we're raising the money to do it. Anybody out there that would like to make a donation, onecommunityusa.org, uh, you can go on there and donate. I'll take 50 cents from kids, and I'll take $500,000 from corporations. Um, but that, that's my, you know, that's the reason I did it. That's why I was motivated to do it. Nick Alanis is the president of One Community. Their website, as he just mentioned, onecommunityusa.org. You're at a point now where you have this, it's not necessarily a new mission, but you've got a new name, and even that can kind of breathe new life into an organization. What is it that you are hoping to achieve? What do you want to get out of One Community? What do you want from it? I don't want to get anything out of One Community. I want to save the lives of police officers and citizens, and I want to put um, a light in the eyes of uh, children, when they see a police officer, I want when a police officer pulls over the parents 
to stop to give them a ticket or a warning. I want the kids to run to the window and reach out and try to hug him. Um, that's what I want. And if we can get to that place, which we can, you know, if we can connect with enough people, we'll fill uh, AT&T Stadium um, with it. I, I will tell you that what I want has really nothing to do with it. Um, I've committed myself to saying, okay, maybe I got 10 years on the planet if, if I don't get hit by a bus when I walk out of the studio today. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can do in a way that when, you know, I go up to the pearly gates and whoever's up there says to me, you know, if it's Ronald McDonald or St. Peter, says, have you done everything that you could have done in your life to make it better for those that you leave behind? I want to say, well, you know what, for the last 10 years I have. And here's what I've done with, you know, with one community. So that's what, that's what pulls me towards it. And um, all of us have to get up off our behinds. Um, if, if getting up off your behind means writing a check, write a check. If it means stopping and saying thank you to a police officer, stop and say thank you to a police officer. But uh, we can no longer afford the luxury of watching the evening news and shaking our heads and saying, isn't that bad? And saying, I wonder if I should put barbed wire on top of my fence or carry two guns in my car. That's not going to fix it. We have to reach out and do formalized structural things across the country. And that's what uh, that's what one community uh, is mission is. We have, you know, felon reentry programs where people that have been in prison uh, come out and everybody wonders why the recidivism rate is so high, why they end up back in jail, because we put them out in the street with $55, drop them off at the Greyhound bus depot, uh, and once they've, you know, spent that $55 to get a shower at a hotel or buy a hamburger, they've got nothing left. So what do they do? They go back to what they're most comfortable with. So we have a felon reentry program, Hope for Prisoners, based on one out out of Las Vegas, Nevada, that was developed by a former inmate who was in prison for 25 years for every foul, stinking thing you can think of, who came out, saw the light, and together with the FBI agent who was responsible for putting him behind bars, started Hope for Prisoners, which now has the lowest uh, recidivism rate. 6% of the people that go through that program end up back in jail. 94% don't. Uh, There are jobs waiting for them when they get out of there. We're working on in Tarrant County with Sheriff uh, Bill Weyburn to bring introduce this program over there. So it's not all law enforcement. We're all about bringing both sides of the community back, you know. Uh, if you're a felon and you've been in prison, and I talk to them all the time. I, I, I minister to them in many ways. Uh, and they can see that someone cares enough about them to say, you know what, we'll help you get back on a path, but you've got to be able to help yourself. And then when they say, when I say, oh, by the way, I used to be a cop, they're, they're stunned because they go, wait a minute, I'm supposed to hate you and you're supposed to hate me and you're helping me get a job and you want me to go through this, you know, program. So that's what life's all about. So that's how we give back. So um, that that's that's our purpose. That's what we do. That's why we're here. And the only reason I'm here today talking on the radio is that maybe somebody out there um, listening to the program in the morning will listen to it and say, you know what, he's right. And if they stop and hand a cop a bottle of water, or drop a $5 check in the mail to one community at onecommunityusa.org, we would be most grateful. How have you been doing with the fundraising and stuff like that? You seem to me to be the kind of guy that likes to get out in the field, meet the community, talk with the officers, make things happen there. But as president, you've got other responsibilities. So fundraising to me is really a joyful thing. Um, You know, if you're fundraising for save the kangaroos and you love kangaroos and you'd like to take pictures of baby kangaroos it's not a job if you're trying to build a society in the future that's going to be good for your granddaughter 
and for your great grandson that's out there. And so that, you know, you're, you're making a better place for all of us. It's not about fundraising. It's about sharing the message because, um, as I talk to people, the light bulbs go off and the checkbooks open to me. It's an issue of creating understanding of the problem that's out there and not just a snapshot. I, you know, I want people to, and I encourage people listening to us, call up your local police station and ask to go on a ride along. That's where you spend seven hours on a shift with a police officer. And you know what I hear sometimes when I tell people that? Oh my God, I wouldn't want to do that. What if something happened and I got hurt? What if I cut my finger or cut my thumb in the door? Meanwhile, these guys are doing it seven days, 37, you know, 24 seven. Sure. With a bulletproof vest with a big target on their back. Anyway, I'm not emotional. But um, go and do a ride-along with a police officer and find out what it's all about. Ask to take a tour of, the, of your police station. Ask to participate in, in the PALS, the Police Athletic League. Talk to the, the kids that are police explorers. Go to, um, and, and to, to victims of crime and talk to them. Find out how police officers have helped them. Go to Fort Worth to um, uh, one safe place that, that stops family violence and shows what police officers do to help there. You know, um, to me, it's a passion about raising money so we can do the things that are good for us you know i see it on tv all the time i i see the aspca that has pictures of all these poor dogs that are in these terrible places in the winter time you know oh, yeah. and i love dogs too you know and i and i have to change the channel i can't watch it it makes me crazy because i think i want to go out and save all the dogs i want to save the people i want to save the police officers and i also want young men and women to want to become police officers and i'll tell you one last thing and and then we'll move on um i went to a graduating class of a police department 30 young people in there guys and girls between the ages of 22 and 28 bright young people went through school and every color i'm talking black white asian uh vietnamese you name it everybody was represented in the group and i listened to them and i talked to them and then the next week i was at the salvation army talking to a uh, graduating class from a court-ordered drug rehab program. 22 to 28-year-old kids, black and white, male and female, Vietnamese, Asian. And I sit there and I go, why? Why did these one group of kids who are 22 to 28 end up willing to take an oath to save lives and to protect their fellow man? And what happened with these kids over there? that they ended up doing drugs and doing crime. And you know what happened? There was nobody there for these kids on this side. Most of them didn't have a father figure. Most of them had no structure. Most of them had no discipline. So they ended up where the current took them. These kids over here, they had the benefit of a family and structure. So our responsibility then is if, if it's not out there for them, let's create structure through a felony reentry program. If it's not out there for them, let's, let's create structure through a student learning program at a, at a community learning center. If it's not out there for them, let's do something with police officers that brings them together like we're doing uh, on, on August the 24th at the Sportsplex on, on Montfort where we're, it's summer kicks and cops. We're bringing 140 kids together. They're going to get some uh, free shoes, they're going to get pizza, they're going to get to spend time with police officers, they're going to be able to sit on a police motorcycle and have their picture taken, they're going to be able to get coach coaching from former NFL players about, you know, uh, bass, about football. Maybe Nancy Lieberman will show up. Don't know if she's in town. If she is, she will. Uh, let's give them some structure that way. Let's show them that somebody cares. And then maybe one of those kids will be a police officer instead of a drug addict. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what we do. It's an all-encompassing 
uh, mission and message. But um, I'm proud to be a part of it, and you know I'll be here until Tony throws me out. Um, you know, what does the organization need right now? What can someone do for this organization? Um, you can write a check. It's onecommunityusa.org. Funds always help because that fuels our ability to go out there and save lives. But we also want you to participate. We want you to mentor uh, people for us in um, our Reach One Teach One program. Uh, be a mentor for us in our felon reentry program. If you're a bookkeeper, uh, you can come and teach uh, the felons that come out of jail how to write a check. Something very, very simple. You know, if you're a school teacher, you can help uh, help them with their grammar. Uh, you know, you're not going to get paid. You're going to volunteer. But when you walk out of the room, you'll feel bigger and better. And if one of those people leaves that class and can write a check and can complete an application and knows how to tie his tie, even if it comes from goodwill, and can shine his shoes, even if they're old shoes that somebody else wore before, they'll become a productive member of, uh, of society. You may not like doing radio interviews, but I will tell you, you are very good at it. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Yeah. And remember, folks, um, www.onecommunityusa.org. If you have a moment right now, just write a check, and you can get our address off the website. Throw it in the mail. I don't care if it's a dollar, if it's $10. If you want to make it $10,000, i will come and pick it up. But I promise you that those funds will go to save lives. Nick Lanos, the president of One Community, their website, onecommunityusa.org. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.